the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and today we're going to be with Inside the Rink Rangers writer, Wuga. Uh, some of you may know him from his articles, and, you know, he's part of the Inside the Rink, you know, uh, Rangers group here. Uh, we're going to discuss games one and games two. You know, the Rangers are down uh, to nothing, but it's not so bleak as people think it to be. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a preview for game three and a bit more. But first, a quick word from our show sponsor, and then we'll get right to it. And now a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. And we are back. Luca, how's it gone? Doing great. I actually, it's going really good. I just got a new Credit Karma score alert from an email. So things are going really good. Oh, that's good. Well, I, <laughs> I wish I could say the same thing about the New York Rangers. Down yeah, no, uh, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, not, uh, not great. But honestly, man, I, I know we'll get into the negatives. I just wanted to point out one positive here. If you see the Rangers play versus Carolina in the regular season, and you see them playing them in the postseason, it's a different team. Like, oh, the offense cannot be there, but the fact that they were able to defend against them, listen, the shorthand goal stinks. It was, a, you know, a kick of the nuts. So was that first goal. Every single goal was just it, – it's a game of inches. And what happened was, is, you know, in game one, you know, that would go with, like, five minutes left. And then this goal with Brendan Smith. Of course, it's going to be Brendan Smith because, you know. Yeah. Six Ranger and all that. I mean, but it's, it was either Brendan Smith or 17 other players that could have done it that are former ex Rangers on the hurricane. So one or the other. But as you said, the inch, the inches we need are everywhere around us. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to catch that reference, but Al Pacino. Um, but I, honestly, like, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I saw this earlier just before we popped on. And it's just kind of piggybacking right on top of what you were saying. Uh, the Rangers have allowed 24 shots on goal per game in the, right, first, terrific. in the first two games of the series in Carolina. In the two games they played against Carolina in Carolina this year, they allowed 39.5 goals or not goals, 39.5 shots. Sorry, uh, shots on goal during those right. games. It's been a huge like, improvement. It's like it, and also, I mean, like just like aside from the Carolina thing, go to Pittsburgh. Right, the Pittsburgh series is a dramatic, and you know, oh, one hundred percent. The defense well, has been doing, phenomenal. We're kind of doing to Carolina what Pittsburgh did to us. Meaning, mm-hmm. we always use those stretch passes versus Pittsburgh, right? In the regular season, we had on Nick to explain that. Like the Rangers always use. Yeah, it was, it was, he was he was great, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was terrific. Um, yeah, he, they used those stretch passes through the neutral zone that the Penguins were shutting down, and that's what took the whole Ranger system, you know, out of whack. We're kind of doing to them exactly what Pittsburgh was doing to us, which is we're shutting down the neutral zone and we're not, and we're making them dump and chase. And when you're dumping and chasing, you have the best, you know, stick handling goalie in the league. It's, it's, it's going to be very tough. And the fact that, you know, the Rangers only go, like they didn't allow a five E five goal in that, in the game too. I mean, yeah. I consider that a step up. Listen, I had no expectations coming into the series at all. I don't know about you. I just said, I, I mean, if you, if you remember back to, Back to one of our first uh, pods that right. I don't I don't remember which one I I actually 
I don't know why I was feeling very bullish that day, I guess, but I was like, do you want to bet that the Rangers could beat Carolina? I don't know if I said would or could, but I, I actually did think that they, I think that they could hold, I thought that they could hold their ground against them. I understand that like the, the hurricanes are the better team. That's, that's not, that's not in question. What is in question is can the Rangers get to the hurricanes goaltending? And right now the answer is to that is no. The, the Carolina well, they defense. Had great a- answers. Like the game one, Toronto robbed Hedo, and yeah. then Kako missed an open net. Like they had chances in game one and didn't like capitalize. But in game two, it just seemed that they never really got to that point where you're like, oh, they should have had that one, or oh, they should have had that one. Yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't like that at all. Game one, uh, the frustrating part about game one, you know, and we, I guess we'll just we'll start to get we'll start on game yeah, one right now instead of just kind of having a complete, you know, wow. hodgepodge of just, you know, ranting and raving. Um, but the thing about game one that was so encouraging was that uh, the first two periods were completely dominated by the Rangers. And that hasn't really been. um we haven't seen that really at all in the playoffs. You know, I think the the first time we saw it was period one game one against Pittsburgh. And it was just like, Oh wow, these guys came to play. And then second period was the complete opposite. And then it was just like a roller coaster of emotions, the entire seven games. Um, you know, it, the first two periods of game one against the hurricanes, they really, they came out and played smart. The, the defensively, whenever the pucks were in his zone, they were taking the simple passes and just getting out of the zone. Um, they were, they're, they're, they were just so simple about everything. And I think that's something that they need to continue. Right. They weren't do overdoing if, anything. Yeah. That's the, something that they need to continue to do if they want to have any shot in coming back in this series. Um you know, I, I think that that also kind of goes to the power play as well. Power play was, I mean, has, I mean, it's just been that. awful. It's just That's been what awful. you got to capitalize on. See, if you're yeah. going to play the defensive style game, the whole game, the power play is exactly where you got to capitalize on. And especially when they had, to, you know, how many, it was a crazy amount. You, they had all the chances, mm-hmm. but they just, you know, didn't, you know, didn't. If, yeah. If you're going to, what you said, if you're going to play into this style of game, a, uh, you know, a Baltimore Ravens type like defensive game from 2000, where it's a one, nothing, you know, type game. Um, and you're going to play this shutdown style. When you get the open net opportunity, when you get the pass from Kako to Heedle, you got to cash in on those. It's not even a question. Right. Um, because the kids are showing up. Yeah. Now. Because it, it, oh, one hundred percent more than I could save some other people. Yeah, um, but you also got to think about it too. This is kind of the style that the Islanders kind right. of right. They've been playing played. Islanders hockey versus Carolina. It, it's smart. The, exactly if you really think about it, and that's the way you you have to neutralize in that way. Right. When uh, people the, are the Hurricanes. It's boring, yeah. People are saying it's, sorry to interrupt you, but I was just saying. No, you're good. People were saying it's boring. Good. You're playing the most offensive team in the league. Good. It should be boring. If it's boring, that means you're being successful. You know what? If people want entertainment, go watch Game Seven on demand. I don't give a shit. Uh, you know what I mean? Like right. the Rangers, Some games are just going to be ugly, nasty, and boring. But yeah, and if, that's that's going to be yeah. this series. If you're expecting them to not only shut down Carolina and all, but also be the best offensive team, you're asking too much of this team. The fact that they're able to play like this, I mean, 
I had no expectations, right? As I said before, coming into this, right? I, I had no. They they won their first series. They showed they can compete. They kind of for me, the season was now a success. Uh, we'll talk about that in the episode when their run is done. But uh, all the you know all the little thin details. But I, I mean, for me, it was done. This is just the cherry on top. Now, obviously, in game one, they gave me hope once they scored that first goal, just yeah. to take it away. But like, I I kind of I feel like if they keep on playing this way and you know the veterans start showing up I don't think it's out of the realm that they could come back from this I completely agree and you know uh gonna kind of finish my my one real my one thing that just kind of threw me off and just really annoyed me about uh game one on Mm -hmm. Wednesday when you have a team against the ropes when you, you know, it's quoting Rambo, you know, if it bleeds, we can kill it. You right. know, you have to kill it. You have to go for. Oh, yeah. Jugular. No mercy. And, you know, yeah. Karate Kid, Johnny Lawrence, sweep the leg. You know what I mean? Like, get right. him a body bag. We did none of that on Wednesday. No. Uh, it, And you let them back into the game and you just saw it happening. I mean, like, Carolina had, what, 75? I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. They had a ton of chances in the third period. And the later it got into the third period, the more opportunities they had. And, you know, the thing that... Well, you've got to know that Carolina was coming out in the third like a monster. Yeah, but... and, you know, I was, I was talking on the phone with my brother in between intermissions, and we both said Carolina's going to come out on fire in this third period. you got to weather the storm in the first five minutes and then get back into your game. That's it. You know right. what I mean? But the Rangers did that, and then they weathered the first five minutes, and then they just played a very, very passive conservative, yeah. prevent defense type thing. Like where, a Lane Vigneault like type yeah. defense. Um, or like or it was really more it reminded me of Tortorella-esque. You know what I mean? Like where it was just like, all right, you know what? Just you know, try and, you know, dump the Throw puck, everything, supp- dump everything. Supp- yeah, try and suppress all the shots to the See, outside. When you're playing on your heels, it'll never yeah. ever work. You gotta play your game and it, that's it. It's, and that's it's what the dumbest Rangers thing in the world. Prevent defense is the dumbest thing in the world in oh, every 100%. sport. Football, hockey, lacrosse. The only I don't thing care. I argue is in the context of like if it's two minutes left, that's something. I else. agree, but you can't do it for fifteen. Oh minutes. no, absolutely not. Psychologically, your players are just going to be absolutely drained. They're going to continue to look up at the clock the entire third period. You want yeah. them to actually be able to play the game instead of you know oh, managing 100%. the game. Um, so that was, that was, I think the only real issue I had with that game. And obviously, you know, the, the Kako missed net. Um, so and, I wanted to address yeah. that for a second here. When people were arguing, like, why aren't you ripping a Kako that because you rip on Strom Strom like with the Kako thing, I could give him the benefit of the doubt somewhat because it wasn't even a pass to him. It was off a deflection. It went on his stick. Like he hasn't missed it enough where I can't, you know, not giving the benefit of the doubt. While Strom's, Strom, Strom's missed it on right. so many different opportunities and, times and penalty right. shots. If Strom would have done that, I would not have given him the benefit of the doubt and roasted him to hell. Like it, it's what it is. When you do it a bunch of times, you don't deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore. With Kako, it's the same reason, right? It's the same reason why I give Heedle the benefit of the doubt when he loses a faceoff, or uh, as opposed to Strom. Strom is 27, 28 years old. He's a fully developed player. Heedle is 22 years old. Right. And I'm going to I'm gonna side with the guy who's actually been playing well in this series. Uh, Strom, I, honestly, to me, Strom has become completely expendable. Uh, oh, 100%. I, he's, I know, he's done nothing. I will feel nothing when he walks out. No. Um, you know, and it's just, 
it's just, it's just very frustrating. Uh, but it, it's similar feeling for me, for me that I have when I see uh, when you know I, I think about Strom and Heedle and stuff like that. But I agree. No, I mean speaking of like players that might walk, I I feel like the Rangers have now a different perspective of cop than they did a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. because uh, like so he told us that uh, from a source that you know, it's possible that the Rangers are 100% interested and that's their number one priority of resigning cop. I, I have to argue that's probably changed just because, I mean, he hasn't performed the way he has prior. It, it's not just him, though. It's the whole top six. But you don't want to resign a guy like that where, like, you know, I, I feel like people are underrating the market coming in summer. Like, people are saying there's not a lot of players. I, he, there's a guy named Vincent Trocek that's probably not signing in Carolina. I, I understand, but the problem really comes down to the actual, you know, we oh, talk about the, the the cap figure, what the cap hit's going to be. Trocheck probably is going to get north of six million. Um, and he's a shoot first player, which would be I, look. He's a great player. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's great. It's just I, that's my only. Uh, we'll, right. we'll, look, we'll we'll get into off. Yeah, right. I just wanted. Yeah, no, I completely perspective. So yeah, I guess. No, just that we won't go deep into it. Just the one question is, do you think it would change the Rangers' perspective on signing him? Um, I don't know if it'll change their perspective or desire to re-sign him because I don't think it really changes who they think he is. Mm-hmm. I think that, you is know... Is he worth $5 million? Uh, You know what? I don't know. Uh, that's not for me. <laughs> Luckily, that's not for me. That's a hard question. Um, I think that he actually could be. It depends on what you actually. I haven't looked at other players either. Like I haven't looked at the free free agent market. Right. I haven't looked. Also, this is the thing that's going against cop and that would go against cop in negotiations, is the fact that Lafreniere, Hedl, and Kako are all playing really well together. So right. it kind of makes Strom and Cop kind of expendable both of them i literally just wrote an article about this um so a thank you for setting me up and teeing me up on this one timer um but what my the article really kind of talks about how you know vetrano cop and strom are all extremely expendable because if you think about it cop and strom have really done nothing this this series they cop was more of a factor in the first round but Strom right. was kind of, you know, non-existent for large portions. Yeah, he, and he doesn't win face-offs. I'm sorry. As a second-line center, you have to win face-offs. You, right. have, to, you have to start winning face-offs. And I know – Banjad's done better in that regard. I mean, I don't has, know about this got, series. He, he, but... got, he was he, – I think he, he got killed. Stahl – Jordan Stahl – But if he's playing versus Stahl, that's something else. Like, I know. I was talking about but, versus Penguins. Penguins, he got much better at that. I know. No, you're right. Uh, but 69% of – Jordan Stahl's face-offs, he won last night. 69%. Okay. That is an insane number for face-offs. So there's, there's a few things that, you know, I think uh, the Rangers can obviously, like, tweak and, like, just, you know, have a few bounces go their way, and mm-hmm. they're right back in the series on Sunday. Um, but to talk about, you know, get back to that last point of uh, the second line, I, I think that you could theoretically move that entire second line – and this is also something I'm going to be talking about for tomorrow night as well. 
move that third line up to the second line, Panarin up to the first line, left wing, Kreider over to right wing. And I know I'm literally throwing out 17 different moves right now, but it's funny. I had that tweet pinned ready to go tomorrow. Yeah. The morning. Well, it was literally what you said. You know what I got? I do. I, I, so I wrote this in my article yesterday. Uh, and then I was just reading Vince Mercogliano's article. He wrote something about uh, five different lineup changes uh, that he could see the Rangers doing. And the, fir- the first one that he referenced, option A for him, was Panarin's advantage Ed Kreider. Second line would be the kid line. Right. Um, and then what? Your third line would be, you see, I, don't, I, I like Mott on that third line. I, I like Mott anywhere. You, I, I, I think you, you know, I, you argue that Mott is the most important re-signing this offseason. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Losing him, man, I, I, I dude, he's becoming my favorite player. He is exactly what you want. He reminds me a lot about Jesper Foss. I was just—he's—he's he's very similar to Jesper Foss. Right. He's like—he's like a Jesper Foss and like a Carl. He's faster Hagelin. than Jesper Foss, but a little less physical than Jesper Foss. Like they're interchangeable on that. But man, he gets those block shots. He comes in clutch. You need they, those are the exact players that you want. In He's game. kind of like a mixture of like all three of like, you know, uh, there was Haglin for a little bit. Then there was uh, Michael Grabner. Then there was Fast. All three of them like had different aspects to their game. Right. Like he, he's kind of a mixture of all of them. Like he's not as fast as uh, Grabner or or uh, Haglin, but like he's he's still pretty damn fast. He's a great four checker. Um, yeah, I, he's great with puck possession too. I, I, I love the guy. I think he's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that kind of wrap and game one, you know, dude, the, the, it sucks because like Lindgren has been such a warrior, like just right. Yeah. That's, injuries, that stinks. Playing through so many injuries and like, you know, it's just that the puck bounces off him and goes in, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's literally how they lost the first game. But you know what? I think that the the way they came out and played in the third period was the way they lost that game. You know, we, we could look at Lindgren oh, and yeah. that, that, that bad bounce till, you know, the cows come home. It doesn't matter. You lost that game when it, when you let it go into overtime, you didn't capitalize. You knew in overtime they were losing. Good. You knew once yeah. it went to overtime, it's, it's done. It was yeah. done because they had zero momentum. They're not getting out of this. They dig their own grave. Yeah. And and then game two was, you know, the veterans have to start earning their paycheck, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I get they're playing a better team, but the fact that you were shut out like that, listen, I we've gone all positive about how they were doing great defensively. Yeah. I get that. But still, offensively, you gotta show up. And the veterans didn't make the big bucks. They they're they're not they're not earning it right now. And this is just a few the top six. So last night, the, for the majority of the game, it got switched later. Lafreniere got popped up to the uh, top six. Um, but for the majority, for the start of that game or the majority of the game, top six was uh, Panarin, Kopstrom, uh, Kreider, Zabanajad, and Vitrano. Those t- those six players, a combined, I think it was three shots on goal. Oh cow! Um, That's brutal. That's atrocious. I, it's a pretty yeah. Believe I mean, great. There was only twenty four shots on goal, I believe, in the entire game. I, I I could be wrong on that, but it was it was something close to that figure. Um, what was the but, kid line? Do you have that? Uh, the kid line didn't do much either. Um, really? 
Yeah, it was. I think Lafreniere might have had one shot on goal. Uh, I don't think see, I'm I think- fine with that as long as you see. Well, it would have been so much different if you didn't get an even strength goal last night, but you got two power play goals to win it. I don't care if it's on the power play as long as you're shutting down Carolina. You know, even strength. If you yeah. want to say next game they got to be better, even strength, fine, fair. Then you could get one even strength goal. I know that sounds a little nuts, but as long as you're shutting down Carolina, you know, it, it's gonna. And you're going to have to sacrifice a little offense in order to shut down Carolina. I think no one, you know, disagrees on that. Yeah. But you still got to have a little bit. And if they're just the veterans aren't showing up, I can't blame a 22-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a, you know, a 21-year-old for not showing up in the second round, especially when they were our best, you know, line in the first round and in this first game. It, it, it's, not, it's not right to blame them. Uh, and and no. that Kako miss, you know, I, I shrugged it off. I was, was I frustrated a hundred percent, but you know, yeah. I can't, I can't go nuts on him because, you know, he's one of the reasons why him and that kid line are one of the reasons why, you know, we came back in that first round. And they also played phenomenal. Would in you that still game. break up that kid line, by the way, for game three? You know what? I, part of me, part of me thinks that like, you got to shake some things up. But the other part of me thinks that that's not the line you shake up. I think that the right. way you shake you it up is... You could do Spanish Ad and Kreider. I would do that because, one, you got to get Panarin going. And I, I honestly, I really do think he's actually hurt. And someone, I, I you know, the the deep depths of Twitter, someone was talking today about how, uh, I think it was after Game 7 or something like that, like Panarin or, like, you know, Kreider was, like, fist-bumping people really hard. And... Like when it came to Panarin, he gave him like a soft tap on like somewhere other than like he was like a injured pad. a little bit before the regular season ended. Like no, I know. So I, he's definitely hurt. There's no. It, I I don't know. I I can't explain express how shocked I'd be if he wasn't injured. He he's. I have no doubt in my mind that he is injured. Yeah, you know what? If he is, that's fine. Um, but at a certain point, you know, are you helped? Are you hurting the team by right. continuing to play then? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my real question. Um, Because let's face it, he's a non-factor when he's playing. Um, So I I don't know. I mean, like that's, that's not for me to really decide. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting question though to raise, you know, if if he is hurt, are you hurting the team more by actually playing and going out there and playing as opposed to giving more minutes to Lafreniere who's played really good. Um, But that, that's the main change that I would have for, game three tomorrow afternoon, um, I would move the third line, the, the lottery line up to the second line. Um, right. And I would just give them. What the, what would the third line though be? Like, I think that's more of the question, no? Yeah, it, it's a good question. I would put, I would put cop in the middle of Strom and it, either Vitrano or Ma. Not or Vitrano. I, I feel like Ma would be better. I, I feel like he would too. Um, Vetrano hasn't done a, a, tol- a whole ton, you know? Uh, but also, like. It just seems like Vetrano's not yeah. needed for the fourth line. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I know. Like- I, I was thinking about that too. And so I don't know. I, I, that's a tough question. But I, I think that you have to try and give the players who have played really well right. as much playing. You got to roll with it. And you got to roll with the guys who are playing really well. And maybe they're like, look, maybe the kid line is playing really well because they've been getting favorable matchups because, you know, the shutdown line of Niederreiter, Fast, and Stall is, right. you know, zeroed in on Zabanajad, Kreider, and Vetrano. So, well, maybe, I mean, I'd counter argue with they played a lot versus the Crosby line. 
the kid line? I think they did. I don't, I don't, I'm I don't know. I, I don't know this. I don't know the overwhelming right. stats. That's what I'm just saying. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that could be the reason for their production. I'm just saying devil's advocate wise. I could like, be hundred yeah. percent wrong on that. I was just, I just, just seen that when they were on the ice cross, was on too. Yeah. If anyone, you know, listening or whatever can find that analytics, those deeper, you know, uh, line versus line analytics, please let us know. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like it, it really comes down to the power play. You have, five opportunities yesterday six really if you count the uh the four minute penalty that shea got for high sticking off in the air um so you six- shea, man and trying to injure every ranger i mean it's just is he that pissed about leaving remember he injured boston in the bubble yeah 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 i do remember that he 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 absolutely crushed him like right in the first period i remember that right away um but I, I think that one move that I would make as well tomorrow, uh, I would pop Lafreniere up to the first power play. Um, I think that the power play needs something. some type of the power play needs some type of you know uh, shakeup. It was a strength during the regular season, and I understand that you didn't want to make any real changes and shake any like shake the boat when everything was going really well. But things aren't going well right now. You have to do something to kind of change up your entire. Uh, fortune almost, you know. Um, well, Carolina kind of like, was uh, the first top penalty kill team in the league. I uh, Carolina is the best defensive team in the league. You know, they're, they're, they're also one of the best offensive. Yeah, that's why they're, they're a phenomenal. Team. Shots on net is nuts. Yeah, they're a phenomenal team. Um, and the Rangers had a chance to win both games, so I think there's a lot of positives to come away with this. They've given up two goals in regulation, uh, like actual goals, other than like and how many a, of them were even strength. Um, one of them was even strength. Uh, one was even strength. One was a, a uh, with a shorthanded goal, which, um, you know, that, that's even worse almost. That sucks. Uh, one was an overtime goal that bounced off of Ryan Lindgren, and the other one is an empty net goal. So, I, you You're know, it's the best offensive team. That's pretty big W. Yeah. On the road in a building that is a complete circus, it is, it is a, it's a barnyard circus down there. I, you know what I mean? I, it's insane. Right. Uh, in Carolina. So I think there's a lot of really, really good positives to take away from uh, the first two games. Right. I'm not so neg- like, usually I'm more the a little bit painters. Like usually I'm the more negative guy here, like more yeah. glass half empty. Yeah. Uh, usually I'm the guy who's like trying to be like, guys, come on, come on. Come yeah, on. exactly. I- I'm here telling you, I'm, I'm happy what they're doing right now. I, I think this, this, those last two games could have easily gone the other way. So the fact that, you know, they're playing one of the best teams in the league, and these, even though they lose two games, they, you know, kept them to 22 shots on goal in the second game. And in the first game, they were winning with five minutes left and they completely dominated the first two periods. And I, I thought originally it was just Carolina was just slow to start off. I didn't think it was more Rangers than Carolina. And then yeah. they proved me wrong in game two. Because they, they, yeah, they, they've, they've, they've done it two games in a row on right. the road. Right. So you got to know that MSG is going to be buzzing tomorrow and, or not, or when it's released tomorrow, it's going to be released tomorrow morning the podcast so i guess that day um i i dude it's gonna be buzzing i i think rangers take this one if they play if they play like games one and two and i feel like the offense will come with msg i i feel like they could steal this one tomorrow i think uh i'm really i really i i kind of think lafreniere goes off um and i my my theory behind this is the fact that i think there is going to be some lineup changes i think that 
I really do think Gallant is going to give them more uh, more time on ice. Uh, just and I think that'll just increase his opportunity. But I, I really think that if he puts him on the first power play, because if you think about it, Panarin is not one hundred percent. Okay, so that's, this is what everyone's been talking about for at least you know ten days now. He, he doesn't look the same. The best that Panarin could do at this point, if he is that hurt, if he's not going to be the only thing they can do positive is on the power play. Yeah, but the thing that he can do really well is be a distraction. He could be a decoy, you know. Right. So put him with Zabanjad and Kreider. Yeah. And put him with Zabanjad Kreider. Yeah. Put him with Zabanjad Kreider, and then also for the power play, throw him out there, uh, and you can kind of have Lafreniere there too. And so lot you could have Lafreniere. And Who do you Zibanejad. take out of the first power play? What'd you say? Who do you take out of the first power play in order to pull Strom. I would, I would have taken Strom out of the first power play in December. I would, I would have taken him out earlier. Yeah, I, 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 I look, I, I mean, it's, it's no disrespect to Strom. I, I just think that I also, it's a matter of lefty and righty too. Like everyone on the power oh, I, play. I actually, before you came on, I actually had the, my like one and only under. I actually wrote three, but. I had one that had the perfect example. Basically, Zabanejad slid it across to Strom. But the problem was, is since he had it on his stick yeah. like this, he held it for one, like not, like a tenth of a second. That allowed UC Saros to slide across and rob him. But if yeah. that was Lafreniere, that's going in. Yeah. A worst case scenario, he's getting a shot on net, and then you could possibly get a rebound goal. Right. I mean, which, which is what Kreider does better than anyone in the league. Right. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. You look at teams like, you know, like some of the best power plays in the entire league that have been, you know, consistently there. Tampa, for instance. You have Stamkos on one uh, on one side, Kucherov on the other side, Hedman right in the middle. You know what I mean? Point and then like, point right in front. And then Point and I think Kalorn is the other one on that. I could be wrong about Kalorn, but you know what I mean? I Regardless, it doesn't even matter. Um but you have those two one-time options on the power play. And right. I think that if you're... And if you don't, you just lean towards the... Ba- that's what Caravan would do. Just lean towards the bad judge. Strom or, yeah. uh, or Panarin, like, they're going to take a second. Yeah. So we could... That second we could use just to go back to the other side. Yeah, I mean, how but many times... the bad judge the whole time. How many times have we seen, uh, you know, Panarin really in, in this postseason and, and generally just on the power play throughout the, the last half of the season? Because that was when... They the last half of the season when they when they really moved Zabanajad over to the one time spot on the power play for a righty. Um, that's like kind of when they put him over there and they got him going. And Panarin was pretty much for the majority of the time um, on the opposite side of the ice. How many times does Panarin get the puck and then just like kind of skate in? And Panarin's phenomenal. That's what he does better than. 99% of the players in the league, he, he makes what when he shot unbelievable decisions. Yeah, exactly. He, he won the series. It's, it's, it's a seeing eye shot, but it gets through, you know? Right. Um, we don't so I don't know. Lot, we don't see a lot of those just because we don't use the opportunity to do it. It's not like the seeing eye shots don't go in a lot. No, it's just that we never use that option a lot. Yeah. Um, they, and look, if they're going to win, the, aside from all the lineup changes, A, they got to play simple. They got to get the puck in. They, they, Carolina is so good at neutralizing zone entries. Um, they have to be simple, north south, one pass, get going. That's it. They, they, they can't get into a. It's, if you're going to beat Carolina, it's not going to be pretty. Okay. Yeah. Carolina is going to make you play 
a, they're going to drag you down and make you play a dirty, ugly game. And you have to be able to play that so far. The Rangers have kind of played that they haven't fully played that. Um, but it's encouraging the fact that they've actually been able to adjust their game. Yeah. The the fact that they've been able to adjust their game. Uh, and so they won playing, you know, almost no defense and trying to score, you know, five goals a game, which, you know, they really didn't, but they won the first series doing that. And now they're playing defensively. And, you know, one thing that people always say about, you know, a Stanley cup champion is that, that you have to win. You have to be able to win playing multiple ways. Uh, This isn't the year, but this is a really, really, really good move forward. I think. Um, Yeah. I I, agree more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think um, we're going to end it off here. Yeah. Uh, Luca, I appreciate you coming on as always. Thanks for having me again, bud. Guys, I'll see you. We'll see you next time. Remember every two games is a uh, podcast. I'm not so sure about the game sixes because I like sometimes, you know, instead of that, just do a game seven recap. But we'll, we'll see what that is. We'll see if we even get there. Uh, as always, look at you. Great having you on. Uh, and we'll see you guys later. Yeah.